Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's another day, it's another episode. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. I hope you're all doing well. This is part one. Part one. I don't think I've ever said that when I've introduced this podcast. It's part one of a two-parter. It's a two-parter for one reason. And that one reason alone is the fact that my guest today is Dean Chalkley, uh, the famous photographer, um, DJ, curator. Uh, but Dean Chalkley, absolutely lovely guy that's got just some absolute great chat in him. And I just didn't want it to stop. So I just let this one run. And we just had a really, really nice chat. Um, I've known Dean for a few years now. Uh, we've grown up in, in uh, you know, pretty much the same area, and uh, we've got lots of sort of mutual friends through the, you know, the Essex creative scene, I guess. And uh, and it's a lovely chat, and uh, you're going to really enjoy it. And we talk about many um, previous guests that have been on off the beaten track, and uh, and we get a real insight into um, how Dean has become, you know, one of the one of the you know most popular music photographers you know out there and it's uh, it's a glorious chat um before we get on with it uh, a few thank yous so thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network uh, thank you to 76 for producing this podcast and if this is your first time listening to Off the Beaten Track then um when you get to the end of this uh, this episode then uh, well click press play on on episode 2 actually and then when you get to the end of that one Go and explore the back catalogue because um, if you like your, your photographers and creatives, then you can you can hear me talking to Jared uh, Mankovitz, uh, Simon Halfen, uh, and and also you know we, we talk about so many um, Essex creatives and uh, throughout this this chat and uh, and you'll find that pretty much all of them have uh, have been on off the beaten track. So uh, so go and have a rummage in the archives. And, and if you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so uh, and get access to another 200 um, extra episodes um, over on my Patreon page where um, I also put up four radio shows each week as well. And uh, you can find out about all of this stuff at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Right, let's get on with it anyway. Please enjoy part one of Off the Beat and Track Podcast with the wonderful... Dean Chalkley. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Sorry, I've jumped in. Just a quick one. So we recorded this um, at the end of uh, of 2020, and I've had a message today on the 25th of February from Dean regarding uh, the exhibition. 
uh, that he's doing um, that we speak about. Uh, and basically, there's been lots of changes. And uh, but so basically, the new schedule is this: on May the first uh, to June the thirteenth, it'll be at the Beecroft Gallery, South End. And then after that, it moves to the Linford Gallery, Canterbury. Uh, then Walk Don't Walk deal in Deal. And then the Stash Gallery in Allgate, and then the Morley Gallery in Waterloo, and then Gallery Two Eight Six in Ellscourt. So I'll put these dates on the um, accompanying bio- uh, biography for this uh, episode, so you can then go uh, and reference that should you wish to attend uh, this cool exhibition. But yeah, Dean just asked me to let you know because the the dates and stuff that we talk about uh, during this conversation uh, have been switched about. So uh, if you've forgotten them. Head over to the bio and read them because I'll plonk them in there. All right, I'll see you soon. Back to the podcast. Right, we are recording sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom. Dean Chalkley, hello. Uh, hello, how are you doing? All right. It's been, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, it's been a while. When did, when did we, like, we last caught up on Boogaloo Radio? Mm. You was... Uh, you was flustered. You was uh, all over the place because just, I mean, let's just start name dropping straight away. <laughs> Taking photographs of Liam Gallagher. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, the reason why I was flustered, though, is, you know, ph- photographing a meeting like Liam is always, always good. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? But the reason I was flustered is because little, little sort of behind the scenes secret is when I, when we did that last interview, I went to the location, uh, which was just over the road from mm-hmm. Boogaloo Radio and, uh, I arrived there first thing in the morning, and none of the equipment had turned up. And I was like, "Whoa, hold on! I've got to go do an interview now across the road, and I've got no, inter- I've got no kit." <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, it was all hands to the pump. And uh, but you know what? It, it all worked out well. So, it always uh, does, mate. It always does. <laughs> um, how have you been? I mean, let's, yeah. before we start talking records, like mm. um, as somebody who's works in the creative industries, you know, not not only, you know, I, I guess most people, are, you know, know Dean Chalkley as Dean Chalkley, the photographer, but Dean Chalkley is also uh, a, a club DJ. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and so, go on. Well, and a human. And, and, well, this is where I was going to go, because this is always my first question. And so, how have you found this year as both a human and as a creative? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's been a pretty tough old year and I mean you know that's that's the massive the biggest understatement of all time I mean for for everyone the whole year has been turned upside down and I mean it's ironically it started off the year started off with this kind of feeling of like well maybe things are just kind of feeling like they're getting back because there was if you remember like last year it was all like I'm gonna say the b word now Brexit yeah of course you know what I mean all that sort of stuff and it just felt like, oh man, that was like we'd gone through the ringer on that a bit. And then, but I don't know, it felt like there was this thing like coming into this year where, I don't know, if there was this sort of feeling of uh, some sort of st- stability or something going on. And, uh, but then, yeah, but then we hit March and then, you know, the proverbial, what's the name? It's the old fan, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, it, and it was all upside down. And so, I mean, in, in, in a personal sense, it was like, okay, it's like shifting gears. I mean, it, I kind of said this before, really, and to friends and stuff, but it's like you feel like uh, you can either go absolutely crazy and feel like you're, you know, you're in a prison 
of being indoors and stuff like that because you want to do the right thing, do you? you know what I mean? Like you want to, you don't necessarily want to go out and I'm not. I'll be honest with you, I'm not one of these photographers, for example, that goes out and photographs empty streets. Yeah, really. I mean, it's to me, it's like mm, no, not really. That's not really um, saying much, to be honest with you. Sure. Anyway, so so it's like, I, you know, I'm like right. I'm going to try and you know do the right thing. This and ever. But you either view the, the, the four walls or the however many walls you're in as a, a prison or as something to think, right, OK, let's pull the horns in, shift the gears and then consider and reflect and then feel what's going on. And also look around and look at certain things that perhaps in the sort of maelstrom of the, the general life that we all lead is that they get that gets put on the, the sidelines anyway, and so then you're starting to think, okay, there's this this needs to be done, that needs to be done. There's certain things that I could never even imagine getting the time to drill down in. That really did need to be done as well. Like for example, like looking back at um, work and the archive and all that sort of thing. You know, so it's like the ability to consider things and to 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 think, okay, well, hopefully this is like. We're putting ourselves in the kind of garage under a dust sheet for a bit and then the dust sheet's going to come off and we want to come out all gleaming and immaculate, all polished up and ready to rock, you know what I mean? Yeah. But but also in saying that, within that period is like the whole, um, you know, murder of George Floyd, that's really, I mean, it, 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 it enabled so many people to, to kind of realise the... the the terrible kind of, you know, racist stuff that goes on out there. And, you know, it's always, the thing is, it's always been there, but just that it that itself highlighted something that it brought into, fo- into sharp focus for so many, obviously. And it's um, hopefully out of all of that comes like an element of hope and some conversations already starting. I mean, we're talking now about this, you know, maybe yeah. we wouldn't have even been talking about this now if that had not happened, you know, Absolutely. and so you've got to kind of look at things to try and find a conversation. You can't, you know, the past is the past. You've got to be able to change the future and, you know, with that, you know, hopefully and en- en- enable sort of a unity and fairness to prevail and, you know, change, systematic change and all that sort of stuff. And so for me, I mean, it, it's like, it really, you know, it's, I just think it's really important to sort of, mention that i mean i don't want to get all heavy and stuff straight away but but i'm just saying that it needs to be uh, said and yeah so 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 things like that you know through through that period as well have have been profound i think you know in insofar as like just making people think and you know also perhaps people got a bit more time to read educate themselves you know what i mean all that sort of stuff i, I, I to, completely to think. agree completely agree and i think you know the 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 the, the, the awful thing that happened out in in in, in the states, uh, I think, happened at a time when you know the, the, most of the world was at a standstill, and, mm. and so people were spending a hell of a lot more time watching the news at this point as well, and also devouring their social media feeds, looking for kind of answers, glimmers of hope for what this pandemic was going to you know, mm-hmm. where, where it was going to go. And obviously there was no answers anywhere. So what I think did also happen was everybody become embroiled in this this discussion, you know, both positive and negative about, mm-hmm. you know, about what was going on in the world and, and you know, and, and, and 
you know, the, the inherent racism that exists. Mm. And I think that the fact that the world was, you know, operating at a different gear than it has done probably ever before, mm. it did bring a lot of attention to what was going on. And, yeah. you know, whether that discussion, you know, in, in times was, was, you know, I guess it should be fiery, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a powerful thing that we're discussing, but I think it got, it got the attention it deserved mm. Mm. because of the situation that we was in thus while we're still talking about it now, because people had that pause in their, yeah. in their lives to be able to pay the attention to what was going on rather than it, you know, just being another news story, which, you know, in the past it would have been, you know, yeah. and that's not cool, you know? Yeah. And, and so it did feel like, just because of the state of play with the whole world that, you know, hopefully more people, like you said, educated themselves, you know, read articles that maybe they wouldn't have read, you know, yeah. watched videos on social media. I'm, I'm sort of painting social media as a bit of a monster here, but, you know, a lot of people will find news stories and things that will, you know, educate them mm. on there. And, and yeah. you know, I, 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 I kind of stepped away from it around that point because it, I found it to become quite a toxic place. Mm. And uh, in the area that I live in and the areas you know that 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 you know you grew up in you know that there is elements of of you know you know exactly where i live like um up until like 10 years ago was a bmp you know stronghold and you know so i'd see lots of people i'd grown up with saying some you know really dumb shit on on social media so i was like do you know what i'm going to just you got two things you can either i guess call them out on it constantly and then mm. you just think, right, well, I'm now going to spend 24-7 just arguing with people. Yeah, and yeah, no. it, it, I'm just not going to go there. So I'm just going to back off from it. And I just hope that, you know, these people do read something or see something that just triggers a little spark that just goes, all right, yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's the thing. It's just, to, it's just to make people think. And also to just, like, look at themselves as well, you know, and look, like, deep inside themselves. Um you know, from all perspectives as well, you know, the world is a really, it's a gigantic, massive place, and we're, and there's so much, like, culture, different peoples out there, all, all, like, with positives and negatives to everybody, you know, and it, and it has to be said, so, um, but I think that's the thing, people just start thinking, and not just kind of, like, putting up barricades around themselves with their, like, what they know already, mm. because, you know, it could even it could even go back to the old 2001 space odyssey, odyssey thing, where right at the end, you know, he looks into what he thinks is just a, a, a hulk of like stone or something, and he realises it's the universe. It's totally not what he thought it was in the yeah. first place, and and that 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 can come through. Uh, talking, reading, listening to music, and that's where it comes back to music and and open being open minded. And then make those decisions in your own mind, and and then hopefully, you know, f- from my perspective, hopefully it's a a, a a unity and embracing of of all people. You know, everyone embraces everybody else, and that's what I hope. But of course, in this in this uh, socially distanced world, we're not even allowed to embrace people. <laughs> no. 
Are we? <laughs> oh, hopefully, hopefully we, we'll be able to soon, mate. Hopefully, you know, whatever your thoughts are on vaccines or whatever, I just hope that, you know, people... Stu, can... Stu through this computer screen, I'm reaching my oh, arms mate. out. Um, I'm, I'm giving you a big old hug there. I can that. feel the warmth, Dane. <laughs> lovely, lovely. And that's a splendid jumper you've got on there, mate. You, look, you well, always look sharp, but you're looking very sharp today. That's right. I've got a badge on. What's the badge saying? So the badge says, what a waste. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> and, and that's, so that, that's, uh, that comes back to something we might, talk, we might touch on a bit later. It's the Thames group of artists. Wonderful. Uh, uh, thing we're doing about Ian Dury. Anyway, but that's another oh, thing. Oh, well, I do uh, want to know about thing. this. This, we'll, is, we'll uh, this is interesting. Well, look, you know, you said one of the things, you know, a, a moment ago, you said one of the things that, you know, you can do with these times where you have, you know, got a moment for, you know, for reflection and, and to, to question, you know. Is, is music and music is always a constant and I know it has been for you and so mm. I'm going to start the track listing I'm going to ask you the song that you think has the greatest ever intro yeah well and of course I'm giving you these answers today and tomorrow I might have a different set of answers of like course. I might have had a different set of answers before the weekend um, but uh, but the, 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 the track for me that's got the best intro of all time is uh, won't get fooled again by the Who, and so. But why? 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 Why, Stu? Come on, tell. Why? Why is it? You tell me. <laughs> no, why? No, come on, <laughs> I tell you for why. I'm glad you asked that question. No, I tell you for why is because. So you know, I I love the whole mod thing, you know, and all right, won't get fooled again is not a mod. It's not a mod tune. Mm. It was made in 1971. Um, you know, it was on. Um, uh, who's next? The the Who's album, one of one of the big biggest albums of all time, and um, but so it's got it's got almost like the kind of heritage I think of the mod thing. If you listen to it, you can you can feel a bit of um, you know the Who's earlier earlier stuff, um, and but also it's got the power of rock coming through it. You know, it's got this kind of um, this. The, some real big guitar strums in it and the drum, you know, Keith Moon's drum. But what is the most important thing of that whole intro? Which I have to say, when when I hear the intro, I'm all, already almost like transported into the middle of that song as well because it comes right back. And it's almost like this is the start, this is the, it is an intro, but it is like the taste of things to come as well so what is the most important thing and that is the keyboards mm. on that and and so the the key the keyboards is it's got and, and i know i know that i know uh, pete townsend did that because um i i actually i asked matt you know matt berry mm-hmm. the actor matt berry so he's a mate of mine and and he's like so big on synthesizers and keyboards and i mean he's done some great podcasts himself i don't know if you heard his Oh, oh, really? Oh, unbelievable. Because Matt Berry's also, aside from the Matt Berry that everybody knows, Matt Berry's also an artist signed to Acid Jazz, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but, I mean, he he absolutely loves keyboards and he he actually sent us a little video through of how they they actually made this this thing. So so, uh, what Townsend did is he he got, I think it was a Lowry uh, organ, and then fed it back into this thing, which is, uh, it's called an ARP uh, 2600. And it's a synthesizer, one of the earliest Mm -hmm. ones. And so he kind of fed it through it and then 
Uh, I mean, I think that only came out in 1970, and the album came out in 71. So it was all new technology at the time. And, uh, but that's the thing. That sound, even though it's a different organ, different synthesizer, I know what it did is it sowed the seed of Acid House, which come much later. My like, love of Acid House and uh, electronica, electronic music, came much later. But that was in my brain already by listening to that Who track. So it's got the, the, the heritage of like mod, the power of rock, and it's got seeds of Acid House all thrown into, into it. But actually, when I listen to it and listen to it, like the intro, if I was to remix that, I'd make the intro like five times as yeah, long. <laughs> I would. Definitely. But, but what it does do is it acts like this little starter, little aperitif or something for what comes later because in about sort of five or six minutes into the, into the song, you get a much drawn-out version of that intro. And when you, when you hear the, 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 the track the next time, you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to get to that bit. <laughs> you know, that is the bit where I think um, they did this... Um, oh, I can't remember. It was Shepparton Studios. Or no, it wasn't Shepparton Studios. It was somewhere. And it might have been, actually. And they had, like, a, a laser that came down over the audience. And, I mean, you know, for, for them days, that was... Yeah. Not, not that I was there. I wasn't born then. Well, I was born then, but I wasn't aware of it when it came out. Yeah. But, obviously, later, later on, it kind of filters through and as you understand music a bit more and you get into it. But, but so I think for, that's... Yeah, that would be, be the one. Won't get fooled again. But also, you know, when you think about it as well, it's got resonance right about now as well, you know, because it's like... Obviously, so... You know, in in America, they've gone through. They've got you know Trump's out, and you know uh, Biden Harris come in, which is great. Hopefully, you know that's all going to work out. But politics is politics, and how many times in the past has, has things happened? And you know, people rely on politicians, but politics is politics, you mm. know, and you just got to be careful of it all the time. And I think that's that's what that song is a bit like. We're not going to get fooled again. We won't get the... Yeah, absolutely. Is the, same, is the old boss the same as the, the new boss, you know, and all this sort of stuff. So is this... Um, hopefully not. Hopefully it's like, oh, actually, we weren't fooled again. It didn't happen. You know what I mean? So yeah, completely. That's, that's just, something, there's just something in there that I just thought, hmm, this is, this, is, this is still powerful stuff, man. And, and it is... The chords, the sort of power chords and things like that. I don't want to get all muso on you, you know what I mean? I don't want to... This is, like, well, this is a podcast, this is a place to do it if you want to. I just want to get quite a, a bit kind of, not muso, but, um, you know, I've, I've always been a, a fan of, of, you know, of, of the mod fashion, music, etc. You know, I would never in a million years ever sort of lay claim to be a, a mod in any way, shape or form. Um, but grew up in a, you know... A, it, in a time when you know Quadrophenia was a, a rite of passage uh, for mm. any any young lad, and uh, and I'm I'm always curious because and, and girls and, and girls. girls yes yes <laughs> and uh, I'm, yeah I'm just curious as to like when when is like the who not when when, are the, when what's the point when they're not mod and they're rock because for me it's like I, I hear when them early. Who records, most of which have all got incredible intros. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, I adore the Quadrophenia soundtrack, but I, as much as the visual that I attach to that is very mod, yeah, it's a rock record. It is. So, right. I, is that not... I, I don't... It, it, explain it, it, Dean, come on. 
Well, is it at odds, odds with each other? Um, not really, because I think you just remember that like music is a continuum anyway, and really genres and, and so on and so forth are things that like labels or boxes that we like to put onto things. It helps us through life understand the world, didn't mm. it? It's like, oh, okay, mod is mod, but what is sort of psychedelic mod? Yeah. What is then like? Uh, you could say what is more experimentation, what is more well, hip, what are hippies then? So hip, there's a you can draw a line, and th- this is um, it, it almost like comes back into one of the questions we've got a bit later, but it's it's the understanding of how all of this spider's web of things all fit together, and how one thing cross pollinates into another, and it's not as easy as. Right, okay, from 1958 <laughs> through to 1964 was mod. Then it, you know, it doesn't go like that. It goes like yeah. somebody woke up one morning and thought, wow, what's this? What happens if I plug this synthesizer into this organ? Oh my God, yeah. it sounds amazing. And then 20 years later down the line, Derek May gets hold of something similar and goes, oh, let's put a repetitive beat. Oh my God, this is like, yeah. this is acid. What's, like, what? This is, this is, yeah. Uh, Von Atkins doing some sort of underground electronic, you know, stuff that then becomes known as Acid House, you know, uh, for example. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, um, yeah, so, so, but you could say there are... yeah, I think going back to your, your your question, the Who had started off very much in the mod scene, and their audiences were primarily, you could say, mods. I, I you know, I think that's fair to say, and playing all the sort of marquee and pubs and things like this, and then they got bigger and bigger and bigger, got bigger audience, and then they started to 
you know, get into the more psychedelic side of things as well. I mean, just things like Magic Bus, you know, those mm. tracks Magic Bus. I mean, once again, a fantastic intro. Um, um, but but they, they still had their influences, and those influences were the building blocks of whatever they create. You know, and I think that's the best thing to think about what an influence is. It's not yeah. copying. You know, it might start off as being close to it, but the, the idea is that, the, I think John Lennon even said it, you know, it's like, it's nothing's created in a void. Yeah. You know, everything has some connection to something. Yeah. And so you've got to go, well, okay, but that's not to say, okay, I will do it exactly like that. Yeah. It's to go, okay, all of, all that, I mean, that is the brilliant thing about computers, you know, that's, that's why potentially the computer is kind of like going <laughs> to do in the human race because... With a computer, like with a human, when a human's born, it, you know, a human doesn't really know much at all mm. and then builds its understanding of its surroundings and life and so on and so forth around it as it grows. Mm. So a human turns into something which it kind of learns, whereas a computer just plug it all in. It's got all the knowledge of the whole world, everything from before it, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So, 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 so the kind of... the organic growth in a in a in a natural way and that's that comes this is a very very deep answer to your uh, quadrophenia <laughs> question but 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 i suppose the, it comes back to the point of quadrophenia was made by the who because they were remembering all of their influences all their their loves and passions they, it's not like they've gone oh well, i don't like that stuff anymore i'm going to throw it all away of course you know i'm, I'm going to say pete townsend but it's probably all of the members of who that that they would have loved all of the reflection of their youth, and that's what they were showing through this film. But, it, but obviously, there was two. There's actually two uh, Quadrophenia albums, anyway. So mm. there's the original Quadrophenia album, which was which had brilliant artwork, photographs, uh, um, uh, uh, unbelievable artwork, a booklet uh, that had these pictures of, sort of young kids at the time that were kind of still reflecting back on a period that was before uh you know like almost a de- decade before but but when the film came out there was a film soundtrack as well and that contained some of the original who's compositions mm-hmm. you know from that but also music that was in the score mm-hmm. so you had you yeah yes yeah, so you had, you had the, the sort of the, the music that was made by other artists yeah Within that, and so and so, they blended it all together. It was a masterstroke, and it was also a masterstroke. They bought a book out at the same time. Yeah, the, the book called uh, Mods by Richard Barnes, uh, that was published by Pete Townsend's book publishing company, Ilpie Island. And um, I don't know about you, but certainly at, at, at my school, there was those books were floating around. Every, you know, not I wouldn't say everyone had one because we couldn't afford them, but you like you, you might swap one and you get it and then everyone reads it and all the pages fall out i've still got my original one and i've got another one as well which because i thought i'd lost my original one you know all that sort of stuff um but it was something tangible to look at yeah that you could reflect on and you know so i started senior school in in 1979 so i was still a bit young really to be thrust into the whole world of what that was but a few years, I, I kind of saw stuff going on around us, and then a few years later is when I got more and more into it. Yeah. So I was just, I was in a wave just after the the, the seventy nine mod revival. Yeah, yeah. So, so which is which is interesting because by that time as well, there were other influences that were, you know, the, the mod revival itself had 
a lot of its own bands that had come out of the punk scene and, and so on and so forth. Whereas a, a little bit later, perhaps some more you know soul music and um, jazz and all that sort of stuff yeah. would start to be appreciated in a bit more of a deeper sense, potentially. You know, so. Well, let's we'll, we'll get to school. And uh, oh, yeah. and we'll dig in there. Um, but for track two, Dane, I'm going to ask you the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm taking liberties with your questions, Stu. Right. So, so uh, you know, apologies in advance. But there's actually kind of t- <laughs> there's actually two that sort of uh, become inseparable. In in you know when you're thinking of you know I'm an uh, I've realised I'm an old man. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? These questions. Are I know exactly what you I've mean. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, okay. Um, it's it's, it's <laughs> when you get that thing, Dean, where like you 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 know somebody put something on social media of like uh, this band are, are, are touring this album because it's 30 years old this year, and you just think, Jesus, that came out 10 years ago. I thought like yes. it's when things like that you start thinking, oh my, I am getting on a bit now. But you're only as old as you feel. And that's that, that, and, and all of what we're talking about now, if people are listening to this, firstly, thanks for listening, but um, you've made it through the first hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's only going to get deeper. No, it's not going to get deeper. It's going to be even more fun. But the, the thing is, it's like, yeah, you just start thinking back and it's like, oh, my gosh. But, but so, so when in answer to the question is like, um, there were two tracks that become inseparable because it would, uh, even though my mum my and dad have, like had records themselves that you know I, I, I would listen to, but apart from uh, no, actually there were three. So Pinky and Perky was really the the first one, but, but we're not going to put that on the playlist because honestly, because I listened to I really listened to that and I was just like, oh my god, this this is horrific to listen to nowadays. By today, you know, it's for children. It literally. Did, that did you been, listen to it when you were researching this? Pardon? When, did, what, like, did you go and listen to Pinky and Perky when you was putting this together? Yes, I did. And I was like, oh, my God, this is torturous. <laughs> it's terrible. What did you picture when you heard it? Um, well, the thing is, OK, so my, first of all, I, I was like, oh, OK, I remember what the album cover looked like. It was a drawing with the two pigs on the front and in dungarees or something, I think they were, and whatever. But then I thought, I better, I better listen to this, because I might even suggest to Stuart this was the first record I ever remember. It had an emotional impact. And I was like, oh, my God. And it, it just, <laughs> uh, really. I mean, one, one thing... No, I looked it up on, on YouTube, of course, and, and so one, one thing that um, popped up was them doing a Beatles track, and I thought, well, maybe there is some credibility in this. And then I listened to them other stuff, and I just thought, this is actually torturous. And if we put this on a playlist, <laughs> people are not going to get any further than listening to Pinky and Perky. So Brilliant. feel free to put it on as well, if you want. OK. <laughs> but but the, two, the two tracks that, had, that really did do stick in my mind were, and they're inseparable, because it would be when I'd go and visit my uh, auntie and uncle, um... Yeah, my mum and dad would take us over there and I'd be sort of, uh, I'd sit in a room, I don't know, it was just a, a room with toys in it and stuff, and uh, while they're chatting away outside or whatever and, you know, just out doing what they're doing. And, uh, but I remember it was, it was downtown by Petula Clark, but at the same time my memory kind of traverses between that one and Hold Me Close by David Essex. Mm. And they would have been on at the same time, even though they themselves were decades apart, those, those tracks were made like, uh, like 65 and um, like in the 70, you know, 73 or something mm. for David Essex. But, but that would have been the thing. And, and I just, it's just, it's just a really vivid memory 
of sitting in their um, their house, which is in um, in Essex, and they were so so my auntie and uncle were very much like uh, like they were you know into sort of like habitat and they they drew stuff on their walls you know like a big arrow going around their front room and the, their color scheme was like purples and greens and shagpile right. carpets and stuff like this and so I was like wow and so it was very unusual and kind of i suppose was you drawn you know, to it yeah really and yeah very much so and i suppose also those those tracks those tracks when you listen to them they they kind of, um, I suppose, particularly downtown. It, it inspires some thought. You're, you're, ex- you're, you're going downtown. You're with Petula Clark. She's downtown. It's an epic, big song and huge it, chorus. Huge chorus, but it really almost draws a picture for you in in your in your mind's eye for what she's singing about. And 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 David Essex, he was obviously a teen idol at the time but you know he was a mod as well you know mm. back in back in the in the 60s i think do you know what i've never i've never found it never really done a proper deep look into it i think quite recently he did an album and he reflected on his mod background so that's, i'm sure i heard an interview by him or something and he t- was talking about this oh, anyway really I might have to look at i don't know what it's going to be like I, I, it's not going to be quadrophenia but no. who knows i don't know but um was he in was he in the stage show of Quadrophenia? I don't know. He was certainly in two films, wasn't he? Um, Stardust. Uh, yeah, Stardust was the second one, wasn't it? And uh, That'll Be The Day was the first one. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I mean, they're pretty gritty films. I mean, they're pretty... I mean, you know, not by, by today's standards. I think it was on the TV. Uh, I say the TV. Yeah, it's like being in the old days. It was on the TV. <laughs> on the telly box. Yeah, we've, but we've been doing... The thing is, so being, being back at... <laughs> being back at kind of you know being indoors a bit more watching the, the telly a bit more is uh yeah my partner's in control of the television most of the time so it's it's an interesting set of films i've been things i've been watching as well you know well just going back to um you know sitting in that room and and and, and listening to petula clark and, and david essex and you know you said it was very early memory but what what emotion did that evoke? What was the emotion? I, I suppose it was certainly out of reality because I was in that environment as well, which was designy, yeah. a designy kind of environment, and um, almost like the smells, the smells in the house would be different, and the feeling of it was a, a, a moment of going somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and do you know what? So just fast forward the clock probably about six years or something like that later um it's i mean it's a little bit of a long story but i'm going to try and cut it short that a friend sorry where we where we lived our next door neighbor where, where did uh, you went, live as well was you in essex as, as, oh, as in well? south south end yeah right right in the middle of south end yeah and so our next door neighbor was this this guy and he was pretty like uh, kind of hippie-ish guy he was a very very talented goldsmith but he was studying to be a goldsmith so like he had like you know would go up to london on a bicycle bike or he'd go on a train on a bike go around hatton garden he'd put gold in his pannier bags because he'd make sculptures out of gold and things like this i mean he's an incredibly talented uh, guy and uh, in fact he ended he still is around and he's still got a um i think he's still got a place in leon c actually 
Chris, Chris Vinton. Okay. Yeah, a very, very talented guy. But he went over to um, uh, South America to tour around, to go to Peru and all these sort of places. And when he went there, he asked me if I wanted to borrow his uh, record collection. And do you know what? That, that was another... Because that would have been the sort of second phase of what we're talking about here, but if you're talking about a sort of inspiration. But the, that would have been a really important stage for me when I, when, I re- when I got his record collection to look after for it. He was meant to go away for about three months, and I think he ended up going away for probably more, more like six months. But there was stuff in there that was really out there, and it blew my mind to listen to that yeah. stuff. I mean, the most probably commercial stuff was Pink Floyd. Yeah. But, but, but there would have been Donovan albums, like Cosmic Wheels, brilliant album. One of the... Um, I mean, there's stuff on there that's a great album produced, produced by um, Mickey Most, mm. who did, you know, some of, in my opinion, Donovan's best stuff, um, real great beats and stuff. Uh, there was Lady June's, which was a, this sort of a, this poet, spoken word artist, and she would just do all this mad poetry, and it was really, really odd stuff. Uh, Kevin Ears, you know, just real... Uh, there would have been Joni Mitchell... Leonard Cohen, but this, I was about 10 years old. That's heavy music for a 10 year old, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) You know, all of this stuff, but that made me, that was just incredible. And so I I ended up taking a lot of that. There was Ivor Cutler, for example. Yeah. You know, all things like this, really out there stuff. So I took a lot of that stuff over to the same auntie and uncle's house when they were, they lived over in, um, uh, near Braintree over that sort of area. By that time, dad moved. And, I remember taking a lot of that stuff when we went and visited them. My mum and dad dropped us off there um, for, I think I stayed there for a week with them or something. And uh, I, I took those records and recorded them on their record player because we didn't have the ability to do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I recorded recorded them all onto the onto tape. Uh, and... That that music still lives with me. I, a lot of those, a lot of those albums, I had to give them all back, unfortunately. And you, and the sad thing is, I spoke to Chris a few years ago, and I asked him what happened to the record collection. But unfortunately, in the mists of time, it all got lost. Yeah. You know? But but I've gone and bought some of those records and and found some of those records because really they they're so important to me as a as a component. I've come to, I've come to realise if you think if you look at someone's record collection then it really does if you could in some sort of way if you could distill down all the the different elements it's a combination that is totally unique to you if you was going to clone me dean and you needed to get everything you needed to clone me perfectly go through my record collection mm. and that's the easiest way you could clone me yeah but what but, but it's such a when you think about it in those terms you think that's a that's a weird thing because there's going to be it's going to be stuff that drifts in and drifts out of your con- your consciousness, but there's stuff that's going to live with you forever. You know, some some tracks when you come back to it ten years later, you think, "What was I thinking about?" That's yeah. awful now. But but really, the the, the deep stuff that's going to be there forever. With but you. never never dismiss the stuff that's almost embarrassing there, because yeah, yeah. because it's part of it, isn't it? it you know, it's yeah. it's all part of that that journey. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna. Pick back up on this um, in a couple of questions' time. Just w- w- when we talk about the first record you bought, I, I just want to go back to that record collection. So remind me if I forget, Dean. But 
For, for sure. track three, uh, I'm going to ask you if there's someone that reminds you of your time at school. So the 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 time. I mean, I'm going to let you into a little secret now as well, by the way. So, okay. <laughs> so, and so the thing is, so obviously, so I was, I was really into, you know, getting, in, you know, aware of the whole mod thing and this, that and the other. But it's not like you wake, as, same as before, it's not like you wake up one day and go, right, well, some people do. That, so some people just go, oh, okay, today I'm mostly going to be a mod, you know, and that, then they are. But you go through lots of different things. And I mean, I do remember kind of, there was some really great shops in Southend. There was one called uh, Graffiti, you know, and another one called Nasty as well, and another shop called Projection. And they used to... They, they, Nasty and Projection were pretty much near where the railway... Um, I think Nasty up. was there for quite a long time, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. More of a sort of punk mm. kind of shop, really. Which actually comes back to, we'll talk about this question a little bit later as well, because we picked up a, a flyer on the same look. Anyway, it's another story. We're not going to go in there yet. But what I'm saying is, so, but the, the little thing is, so you kind of experiment with different things. And I do remember buying a band leader's jacket from American Graffiti and potentially painting a white strip on my nose and thinking I was adamant walking around B-Jams uh, supermarket with my mum and dad. Shout out to B-Jams. <laughs> Lovely. So, so what was I thinking? Obviously, I hadn't quite found myself at that oh, point. Oh, wonderful. You, I mean, you know, <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, and I think I might have even sort of said, oh, yeah, I'm an amp person to my mum and dad, you know, that's what I am. <laughs> you know, uh, was I really adamant? I, probably not. I don't think so. But, um, you know, you get influenced by things, don't you? You know, and so as, as, so, as somebody who's, who's made a career, you know, from, from I guess you know a visual, <laughs> uh, you know, as, as a as a young you know as a young man, seeing Adamant on top of the pops was oh, incredible, yeah. wasn't it? Like he looked like he just looked yeah. like he was from outer space. He was just like amazing. But even on Swap Shop, remember Noel Edmonds Swap Shop, they would also have bands mm. on a Saturday morning, and I think I would also be watching that sort of stuff as well. So Top, top of the Pops was one thing, but even as a as a sort of younger young kid sort of thing, I would I think like Swap Shop was that and mm. Tiz was and yeah of course I think Tiz was was a little bit later, but can't really remember exactly the, the time frame and things. But but to, to see all those bands there and and you know yeah those those kids programs did have good music on there as well because that's uh, it's easy to sort of poo poo it. Nowadays and smash hits, people might go, "Oh, smash hits!" You know, that's for just for kids. But, but all the good bands, or all the pop bands, or bands that were sort of trying to say something to a mass audience, shall we say? That's not so all the good bands. That's wrong. But all the bands that was trying to say in that way were on there. So, so in smash hits, you would have had Paul Weller. You know, you, you would have had the Jam. Um, you know, and, and all of the other bands, and even I think the editor from Smash Hits. You know. Neil Tennant uh, mm-hmm. started, you know, Pet Shop Boys, didn't it? With a- a- absolutely, you know, and, and, uh, and moving forwards, just just a shout out to a, a previous episode. I interviewed um, the presenter Kate Thornton, ah, yeah. uh, and Kate was the first female editor of Smash Hits uh, yeah. in about '94, I think, and uh, at a time at the height of, I guess, Britpop, Blur, Oasis. Take yeah. that, Spice Girls. It was uh, a yeah, smash yeah. its dream. 
Yeah. And, uh, and and she and she goes into that story. So uh, if if you like the kind of uh, your pop culture and, and and smash hits, then do check that one out because there's a, an interesting matter about smash hits uh, mm. on, on there. Um, yeah, one of the things I just wanted to ask, and I'm going to get the question in now, just because you, again you've just you know you, you mentioned I know these aren't your song choices, but I know you mentioned Adam Ant there, and and then to go back to that array of records uh, that, that that gentleman left you. When you would play them, would you devour the sleeves? Oh, definitely. Yeah, because, well, the, the two things are slightly different. So certainly with the records that um, Chris lent me, I would put the record on and I would just look at the sleeve. And that's what I would do for the entire duration of the album. Or I'd just, you know, sit there or I might go with a few other bits or whatever and but more often than not I'd just be really listening to it and then looking at it and then considering what what was going on, what were they thinking, what clothes are they wearing, all all of those sort of things. I would really, really look at it. And a, a lot of the album covers were pretty conceptual as well, you know. So I mean the Pink Floyd one was the one where I, you know, actually I can't remember the name of the album, but it's where they're sort of standing in the doorway and it kind of gets there's another picture of a doorway yeah that is on the wall and then there's another doorway within that so a lot of it was um hypnosis the uh, design agency would have made those covers and they were just almost like um knitting in these narratives into the artwork as that reflected what the music was like a lot of the time although some of the other album covers like Joni Mitchell's blue was so simple. It's just her there, but the way it was photographed, the colour. Um, perhaps you might get some lyrics as well. You might start reading them and, and things, but just letting it wash over you, really. I, I, I want to touch on something there uh, uh, as, as well. You just said you know you'd put the record on and you'd, you'd sit there and stare at the sleeve. And uh, I, I watched you recently. I, I got to sit down with Jared Mankiewicz uh, recently, oh, yeah. uh, who, who was involved in the the icon series that, yeah. that you've been on um mm. and you know hearing you and dizzy talking about um you know the artwork for, for boy in the corner was Wonder amazing Boy-Nicorner. um and uh, yeah i just think because again very much like you um I, I guess i had limited money growing up so i could only afford you know one record however you know however often so when i would listen to it i would you know absolutely just get lost in it and yeah. stare at it and I just, I just wonder, like, do you feel that anything's been lost? And what is your take on on on, on this? Like, has anything been lost through, you know, a- album artwork? Now nah, it's moved into the kind of the digital mm. realms, ignoring the kind of the, the the sort of resurgence of vinyl. Like, mm. but just on the whole, do you think something's been lost there? Well, it's. I think. Potentially, but if we go back to that the, the, the original, the other question about um, how would you devour the album cover by looking at it, but then with Adam Ant, when I remember that, I do remember looking at the, the sleeves, but I kind of more remember him on the telly and yeah. doing his thing and in, in a moving sort of way. And so I think you can take that notion and bring it into today as sure. well. And, and I think... They both, everything has its place. And I think it, it could come back to people's attention span. Yeah. And, 
but but times do also change and it, there is a frequency to things you know remember when like video first come out the cinema's dead or you know that's it there's no going to be no good films made anymore it's all going to be on a shoestring etc but that's not really true what happens is it, all, it kind of settles down into what is the way for the future mm. and that's like that's kind of evolution in that way and so um so i think people's attention span is short it is getting shorter which i think is losing something but you know that's that's sort of like pop 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 culture pop willy itself that's pop as pop as yeah. pop can be out know? of that will grow something else even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, and, and it might be a total counteraction to that yeah. in time. And it might be like people might look back onto this or previous periods and say, well, that was very much like that, and that actually spawned something else which is even more enlightening and, and uh, incredible in itself. Um, but, but you are right that there, are, there, is, there is a kind of... There is a uh, resurgence in vinyl and things like that, and it is, limit, it is limited. And, and also, it, it's, you know, you have to look at the, the figures on that as well to see, yeah. really, OK, so that if you look at the, the, the sum total of albums that were sold... What is the percentage of, you know, yeah. is it th- two albums that are actually yeah. selling all of those in a in a mass sense? Yeah. And and but but, but you see, I th- I just bring it back much back down to choice and thought and deciding what you want for yourself as well, because if if I if I had just followed through life doing what was expected, i.e., like oh, you must do this now, I'm told to do this, I will do this, then I wouldn't be doing what I do now anyway. You know, I'd be sure. doing something, something much, much different. And so it's almost like swimming against the tide is what you have to do in order to do something different. Perfect. I mean, it's as simple, it's as, simple as that. You know, if you, you, that's not to say you have to totally reject or, or live as a total outsider. You can, you can become... You know, you can come in and out, but you have to be aware of everything, and then make up those decisions. And that that whole level of um, what you feel is right out of it all. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm I'm literally I'm sitting here now, and at my feet I've got a load of albums. I've on the on the the left hand side I've got singles, and then but over here I've got a computer, and I do love I do love Spotify. You know, I love yeah. I love I love finding all that stuff. That's not to say that. I'm never going to buy another record again because sometimes I will hear something on like Spotify and I'll then go, Oh, that's, that's interesting. I might even put it on a, a thing where it goes and search, you know, does a little sort of search or whatever. And then it'll lead me off into a wild tangent and I'll find something. And then I might like that particular track, but then I might find other stuff that person's done. And then all of a sudden I've gone onto there. It might be like band camp and I might, 
you find other stuff that have done, they might have pressed up some vinyl, I might mm. buy one, you know, and then I might buy it from a company like in the UK that does it so I don't have to import it myself, or I might even buy it straight from the, the artist in America, if it's in America, or, you know, it might be a UK artist. But it's just to keep all your, keep all your options open. 100%. So, and, and so, so I think um, that, that is it. I, I, I think... The the, the 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 ways of communicating have expanded, but that's not to say anything needs to be um, trashed or thrown away. Completely, you can have it all. It's just forget, you know, not forgetting it's there as well, you know. Because I've seen a lot of um, a lot of movement on people making tape cassettes now as well, you know. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of that going on, you know. I mean, uh, the sort of uh, the Casio, the, the sort of. C90s are coming back, you know. I mean, I wasn't a big fan. They always used to get tangled up for yeah, me. But yeah. <laughs> I think CDs are going to be the thing that, that, that fall through the gaps. There's going to be a few few things on CD that was actually that was never made on vinyl. Yeah. And they were never made apart from anything apart from um, on CD. Yeah. So, so, well, I mean, we've gone through our CD collection and moved quite a lot of stuff on. But there's still some stuff on there like... Do you know what? You just don't, you can't get out on yeah. anything else. Actually. 100%. 100%. I mean, we ain't even spoke about your track yet, have we? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. We, Stu, we're doing it again. You know, remember? Oh, like, mate. It wasn't all... the last time. It was the time before last. It turned, it turned into a bit of an epic. Oh, it's good. I love it. Turn. I love it. Yeah, but the track, I'll tell you what the track was, though. The, the one that you asked for, question number three, the song that reminds me of school days, it wasn't uh, Adam and the Ants. It was. Uh, it was Beat Surrender by The Jam. And the, the reason why I picked that particular one, there was, there's, obviously there's loads of, loads of tracks, but that one in particular reminded me of a time where The Jam played at the Cliss Pavilion in um, Southend in... Um, actually, hold on, I've got it right down. It was, the, it was the 20th of September, 1982. That's so weird. I've literally this morning got an advert pop up on my social media that... Uh, Paul Weller's tour has been rescheduled and he's playing Cliff Pavilion in South End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? The last time he played that, I, I think I, I was at the time, last time or the time before, I mean, it, it was like going back in time for me as well because yeah. to see him there, I mean, he is great. Yeah. Full stop. He's great, right? The, he, I'm a big fan, still a big fan. But, um, Have you photographed him, Dean? I photographed him quite a few times. Yeah, since 2008, um, you know, he did... Did this album called Wake Up the Nation, and it wasn't on the front of the cover. I think they used it on the back of the album. And but I've shot him several times since then um, for editorial things, and he's used some of the stuff for his tour posters and things like this as well. And do you know what? He's a he's a very you know top top guy. Really, honestly, he really cares about music. You know, and he's a he's a progressive thinker, and you know he likes to encourage young talent as well and you know he's really supportive and he's always listening i, I watched the recent um uh style council documentary and I, i'm yeah. lucky to get to speak to simon halfin and and and, and uh and mick talbot and and I, my, my kind of memories growing up of the style council was probably limited to like sort of five singles and you know and i and, and i thought they were were, were crackers like and then watching that and you saying, you know, what a progressive kind of, you know, artist he is, it just resonated from that documentary, just, mm. you know, 
why would somebody that's got the world in the palm of his hand yeah. with the jam just go, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to bin that yeah. and do this, and I'm not going to do it the way that everyone else does it. Know, it, was just, it was really inspiring to, to watch yeah. that. I just thought, it's just incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's, that's exactly the point that, you know, so on the 20th of September, they played at the, the Cliss Pavilion. Uh, Beat Surrender is the track that I think, that you know, is the, the one that really brings it all together for me uh, at school and things. But by December 82, they'd announced their breakup. And I remember watching that documentary, uh, not documentary, it was a, a news feature. I think it was on Nationwide or something like that. It, it was, and he's on Brighton Pier, and it's going to be their last show, and he declares the breakup of the jam. And it's like, wow, oh, my God. You know, so just a few months earlier, it's almost like we're there, you know, we're at Chris Pavilion. It's a big moment. I mean, really, honestly, that gig was amazing. The best gig I've ever been to. Now, obviously, you're, as a kid, you are highly impressionable. and But I still, honestly, I still think that was such a... A, a big gig, not only for the music, but for the the whole lead up to it, getting the tickets, uh, be, getting down there. Also, the prospect of is it all going to get? Yeah. You know, it, going to a gig in them days, it, it could be a bit of a, a sort of a, a fight situation going on, and the knowledge that there's going to be loads of mods down there watching the jam could be a, a clarion call for loads of like skinheads to come down and yeah. tear the place up or whatever, whoever. Yeah. Um, so it was all a bit like on edge anyway, what's going to go on. Hmm. And, but I do remember actually that, so near where I used to live, there used to be these uh, two guys, they used to have a a shop called Young and Rich. And they had this jacket in there that they proclaimed was, was made for Paul Weller, but he didn't pick it up. And so I bought it off of them, and I wore it to that gig. <laughs> yeah, I remember it. I've Amazing. still got it. And and I tell you what it is, it's <laughs> everyone's going to go, oh no. But it was it was like panels. It was pa- like so it had a blue pocket and it had a white side of the front and a red bit. It, it wasn't a Union Jack, right? It wore a Union flag, whatever. You want to no, it wasn't that. It was, um, it was just the, the colours. And they said, but later on, I did say to to Paul, I was like. Oh yeah, I got that jacket you never picked up. And he went, oh, I don't remember that one. <laughs> and I was like, those blokes had me on. <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> I want oh, my money back. Brilliant. <laughs> no, but I've still got it anyway. It's really small. It's, I've, I couldn't get it in it now. Brilliant. There you go. End of part one. No, no more waffle from me. I'm going to get straight over to to part two. So um, go and find part two and click play, and I'll see you there. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing, www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. 
And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey,